drepclub.com. That's drepclub.com for the greatest real estate club on the planet. Workshops, presentations, trainings, education, resources, and more. The Directed Real Estate Professionals Club, drepclub.com. Participate in person or virtually, www.drepclub.com. Are you dumb enough to be rich? Well, are you? Bill Barnett's critically acclaimed book, Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich?, is a personal account of Bill's own journey to becoming a real estate investor. In his book, Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich?, Bill shares his experiences, insight, and advice in a well-written, easy-to-follow account that gets investors thinking and acting. Find Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich? on Amazon and other outlets or purchase your copy directly at www.investorguyspodcast.com. Did you know that the Investor Guys podcast with Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills are not only available on your favorite audio podcast platform, they're also available in video form on Facebook, YouTube, and the Investor Guys podcast website at www.investorguyspodcast.com. Bill and Kevin show actual numbers, projects, and more, all things you'll miss if you don't check out the video. So after you listen to this podcast, visit us online and watch it again, www.investorguyspodcast.com or on your favorite social media. Are you ready for a new type of real estate club, a club for new and seasoned real estate investors, as well as real estate professionals of all types, a real estate club that you can participate in virtually or in person. A real estate club that offers in-person and virtual presentations, workshops, events, networking, resources, and more. Though this may sound like the real estate club of the future, it is not science fiction. It is reality. Directed Real Estate Professionals, also known as DREP, was started in the late 1990s in Southern California and is growing into cities across America. Whether you live in one of these cities or not, you can participate and take advantage of all DREP has to offer. If you live in a city that already has a DREP meeting, join them in person or online the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you live in a city that doesn't have a DREP, consider hosting your local meeting. We'll show you how to set up your local club and walk you through getting started everything to get it rolling. You can also join any area meeting online from anywhere in the world. Getting started is easy. Just check us out online at www.drepclub.com. That's www.drepclub.com and we'll see you there. Can you hear me okay, Bill? And welcome in, everyone. It is Kevin Mills and Bill Barnett here for uh, the Investor Guys Real Estate Podcast, the Investor Guys Podcast, uh, where we focus on uh, investment real estate. Uh, Kevin, how you doing, brother? I'm doing awesome. How about yourself, Bill? Excellent. 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 Uh, surviving. Uh, we're continuing to survive in the insanity was, uh, have been thrilled to hear the last uh, couple of days conversation starting about, Hey, we may try to be uh, a, uh, a country again, a, a operating functioning uh, 
entity. That, I know there yes. are some states that are doing uh, much better than others. I have a niece that lives in Montana, and they've got some crazy number like three in the whole state, and she's out there going, I don't know why we have to put up with all, all the stuff you guys have to go through. Uh, and of course, uh, you guys uh, in Florida and us here in Texas are doing a lot better than most states. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is Sweden actually did a different approach to it. They decided to try to do the herd immunity approach where they weren't going to shut everything down. They're just going to let everybody go out, still social distance, still wear masks, still have people who are at risk stay in. But I have not heard anybody reporting statistics on Sweden. And I would love to hear how things are going in Sweden with that approach, because that would be something for our politicians to look at before they open everything else up back here. How is it working in Sweden? Well, I know that, uh, you know, President Trump said he's going to leave it up to the governors to decide uh, how quickly they uh, open back up and how they ramp things back up. And we've got a, a very um, good situation going here and, and really hopeful that we can start in the next couple of weeks easing this thing back open. Um, so one of the things uh, get off all of that craziness for just a second. But one of the things that I wanted to uh, remind you of today, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, Dr. Al Lowry's 93rd birthday. It is Al's 93rd birthday, the 14th. Uh, Reggie was going to see if he could get Yesterday. him on for us. I, I haven't uh, haven't heard anything about that yet. So well, hey, yeah, yesterday was the 14th. Uh, that was his. He's probably all locked down. Yeah, happy birthday, Al. Al, in case you guys don't know, you need to do a quick little Wikipedia or a Google search on him. Al is one of the first guys from way back in the 80s to start teaching real estate investing. And his, yep. strategies, his strategies were exactly like yours, Bill. It was find houses that were, actually, his was even more extreme than yours. Find houses that were just nobody wanted them. They were derelict. Fix them up and rent them out or flip them and, and buy more houses. And he focused on neighborhoods where people did not want to be so that he could get those houses at a good price. He fixed them up to be nice enough that people would want to rent them and, or, or buy them, you know? And, and then he, he was so successful with that that he went on to, you know, teaching it. And I don't know if you know Al's backstory. I know Al fairly well. Al was actually an orphan. Al grew up in uh, Canada. He was adopted by a butcher. And when he was old enough, he, he left Canada and he went to the Bay Area. And he worked for a number of different people trying to do sales positions. And you know how that is. It's, it's a struggle, you know. And he happened upon somebody who turned out to be his mentor and showed him, you know, you could be, you could be turning a little bit of money into a lot of money by making something better. You know, start with real estate. Al got so immersed in real estate that he became a real estate agent. He became a real estate broker and he became a real estate educator. And kind of the same, uh, the same accolades that we all have ourselves, the same certificates that we all have ourselves, you and I. And we're kind of following, I guess, in, in Al's footsteps. Al uh, set a good example. Uh, Al, I know you're probably not listening, but happy birthday. Yeah, I want to say uh, happy birthday to Al. And just a little uh, real estate investment history. So you got Dr. Lowry there. So there's really three names that stand out uh, in the real estate investing world. And only because I've been blessed enough 
to be on the backside of or on the inside of, of some of this stuff. Um, the three names that really pop out for the founding fathers of investment real estate. Of course, you got Dr. Al, you got um, Robert Allen, and then you've got uh, Carlton Sheets. Now, most people have just enough exposure that they think Carlton Sheets was really the founder of investment real estate. But Carlton Sheets actually worked for Robert Allen uh, early on uh, before he got started doing his own thing. He was teaching for Bob. Uh, had a great conversation with Bob yesterday. So yeah, those three guys, and, and uh, just here recently in the last few months, uh, Carlton Sheets died. Um, but uh, Al's doing incredible at, at uh, 93, and uh, Robert Allen's uh, only like 71 or so, so and in great health. And so I uh, had a great conversation with Bob yesterday. And uh, so those guys are really the godfathers of uh, investment real estate and so much of what you do and what I do uh, evolved out of what those guys started doing. Of course, Bob had uh, the book Nothing Down. He's had six number one New York Times bestsellers, and Bob said he'd be uh, he'd come on one day uh, here in the next few weeks with us uh, and, and be guest on the show here. But uh, what fun. a lot of people don't know that how big that book really was in the '80s. Now he's had uh, several variations come out of that, some updates, some. Uh, second editions, third editions, that kind of thing. But uh, in the 80s, that book was the 10th best-selling book across all genres for the decade of the 80s. That's uh, pretty uh, pretty impressive for a real estate investment book. But yeah. everybody got uh, just wild and crazy about investing in real estate uh, after Al and, uh, and Bob and Carlton got to doing their things and uh, so we, we appreciate those guys. And uh, now I had some stats here I wanted to share with you. Uh, I was not able to find this um, nationally. It'll, it'll take another month or so for these to come out. But on a local basis, uh, the Houston market was the first that came out. He's down, down at uh, Texas A&M University. Uh, there is a the real estate center at A&M, at Texas A&M. And... Uh, they put this out yesterday, and this is on the Houston market, which, of course, is one of the top five markets in the country. It's according to the Houston Association of Realtors, 1,496 listings from the MLS were withdrawn at the end of March, and that was, of course, because of COVID-19. All right, so that's the bad news. Here's the good news. Even with all of those properties being taken off the market, the Houston market recorded a 7,566 closed transactions for the month of March. That's up 8% from March of 2019. So uh, the inventory down there uh, is right now at three and a half months. Now, so when you look at uh, a lot of people that are not familiar with some stats that the, the government puts out or gets tossed around a lot, and one of those stats is the housing supply. So the housing supply stat is if we didn't put another house on the market at all today, just whatever numbers is being sold today, if nothing else came on the market, how long would it take to sell every single house that's currently listed in the MLS? So six months is considered par. 
if you're below six months, you have less than a six month inventory, then you're in a seller's market. That's gonna drive prices up. That's what we've been in for some time now. If you're over six months, you're in a buyer's market and the buyers have a little bit of an upper hand in, in that negotiation. So right now, Houston's at a three and a half month supply, which means that it is still very, very strongly in a seller's market. Now we're likely to see the April numbers hit that pretty good. Uh, but the March numbers were uh, very, very interesting. Uh, and so we saw that the oil down in Houston had dropped uh, even down below $20 last week or right at $20. Now it's up to about 25 and, and that's a major part of that economy. Uh, and they're looking at the possibility of losing about 150,000 jobs uh, if things don't open back up over the next few months. So I say that to say, hey, still good things going on in the real estate market. And the jobs comment, as you and I know, that's the key to the real estate market. You go right. where the jobs are. If you're in a market that's got strong jobs, you're going to be in a market that has a good real estate market. What's, uh, what's your take on what's happening down in Central Florida right now and how you guys look at I the job think, market? I think the, the vacuum in Central Florida is due to the pricing because, honestly, jobs don't pay super well in Florida for people who have a non-skilled trade or non-skilled labor. If you're doing... If, if you're doing something that's a skilled trade or you've got a degree, then you're going to make the same thing here that you're going to make in California or you're going to make in Illinois or you're going to make someplace else. But if you're working just a regular job, run-of-the-mill job, uh, I think minimum wage here is like 10 bucks or something, 11 bucks. It's, it's, it's not high at all. Um, but you're talking about houses. I'm at, a, I'm at a house on the beach that if we sold it today, it's $300,000, you know? on the beach in, in, in Flagler. So you're, you're not going to find that in most other places, you know, and this is a, a, a small little community, but it's, it's, it's well known and it's right on the beach, you know, and for you to be able to buy a three bedroom, two and a half bath house, two blocks from the beach and on the intercoastal for, for $306,000 in today's dollars. That's why people are coming to central Florida. Thousand people a day are moving into central Florida. Uh, Orlando area alone is supposed to triple in size in the next 10 years. So to put that into perspective, they are under 2 million people right now. They're going to be over 5 million people by 2030. That's the size of Los Angeles. And it's yeah, not just the Orlando area. It's, it's, it's all yeah. of Florida. Yeah, that's about uh, 5, 6 million is about where the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Metroplex is uh, currently. So when you look at... Uh, the market down there. I have a real good friend. You you probably know him uh, as well. I'm sure you do, John Dessauer. Yeah. So Johnny's got a a place down in Key West, and we were yakking about um, having a rental market down there. And he said, you know, we're there in a a real crisis that far south on the peninsula, uh, on the state, because real estate is so expensive that they have a tough time finding people to work. Um, traditional, uh, I don't want to say menial, but uh, lower tiered income jobs uh, to work at uh, restaurants, to, to work in yard services, to do uh, a lot of that kind of stuff because they have to drive so far because they can't afford to live in Key West uh, because right. there's uh, such a shortage and uh, pricing is so crazy down there. So 
you're going to start to see America come back online here, whether it's the next few weeks or it's the next couple of months. Um, there's going to be some places that are going to be slower. Yeah, in New York City, um, uh, L.A. likely. You know, Los Angeles, they're saying yeah, that. Th those places because of the, um, and for a lot of reasons, um, L.A., uh, I'm shocked we're not seeing San Francisco with numbers that are uh, crazy bizarre. But you know what? Uh, those places are going to come back online. But the rest of the country is going to come back on sooner and faster. And people are going to start realizing that, hey, real estate's still here. I'm looking to buy a house. It's still there. Let's go out and buy something. There's a ton of people still wanting to buy property. Uh, as investors, the 2018 numbers are out. The 19, these numbers usually lag about a year behind on this specific, specific stat. Um, but in 2018, uh, about 7% of all property was investor property. So in, in the single family world, it was about 200,000, just a little over that, uh, according to the National Association of Realtors, 200,000 investment properties flipped in 2018. They think that number will be higher in 2019 uh, once all the numbers get in. That's really just a tracking issue. Uh, and so we'll see, um, people are gonna be looking at uh, still buying. They're still buying rental property, uh, investors are, and people are gonna be looking to get into property from a rental standpoint, get into property from an ownership standpoint. And that's where you and I come into play. Yeah, and I think with what happened in the stock market, a lot of people, the stock market's rebounding now, but a lot of people saw the reality of what could happen if you put your money into the stock market. And if you compare that to, say, the real estate market at this exact same time, then it's a no-brainer where you want to put your money. I think as we come out of this, we're going to see more and more and more people putting money into real estate. And when that happens, that creates a trend. So you're going to have other people saying, Hey, you know, what are these people doing? I, I need to get on board with that. I need to do the same. So I think as we go into the next four, five, six, seven years, we are going to see a boom in real estate investing because we're also seeing a boom right now in the housing market in certain States, uh, Florida and Texas being the top two. Florida surpassed Texas last year as being the fastest growing state. Texas is still the fastest growing state. So when you put those two things together, you've got a perfect storm in markets like Florida, markets like Texas, markets like uh, New Mexico. Lots of people are buying in New Mexico. Lots of people are buying in Arizona. Lots of people are buying in, in the Las Vegas area of Nevada. A lot of people are buying in the Research Triangle area of, of the Carolinas. So you've got a perfect storm that is literally brewing right now. Uh, and if you're not in those areas, don't panic because you're still going to see the same effects. You're just going to see hurricane effects in, in those particular areas, whereas you might see tornado effects in the area that you're in. So um, one of the things that, that I've been known for through the years, and this has not always been a, a good thing, is I'm contrarian, man. I, I'm, I go against the flow yeah, and it has worked very, very well for me throughout my life. And one of the things that I see happening right now is so, so many 
people who uh, have a national status commenting on, oh, well, you know, when we come back online, um, I, I heard, listened to a, a cast yesterday about industries that aren't going to recover. And they said, you know, the cruise line industry is never going to recover. Las Vegas is never going to recover. And I'm like, put the crack pipe down. Vegas is going to erupt when it comes back online. Same thing's going to happen with cruise ships. I've, I've already been looking. Uh, I have a, a couple of speaker friends that do some cruises, and uh, I just booked one yesterday for November. And, yeah, it's not next week, but, yeah, most of the time uh, people that book those are booking them a little while in advance. Yeah, and so I, I booked one for November yeah, already looking at uh, some more things, and I can't wait to get back out to Vegas. And I have a, a buddy that lives there, and, and he called me on Monday, and he said, this is the weirdest thing. And, and uh, uh, we tried to coordinate a, a video. It just didn't work out well. He was driving on Las Vegas Boulevard, the heart of the Strip, and he mm -hmm. goes, Bill, I am the only car on the strip on this side. He said, I've seen one or two on the other side. On my side, I am the only car. And that's just, that's apocalyptic looking stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I think of Vegas, I think the cruise industry, I think uh, ball games and theaters and concerts are going to explode. Um, I think we talked that's Monday about what's the first thing you're going to do when uh, this thing, when we open back up. And for me, uh, I'm going to chain myself to a chair at the uh, Rio Mambo Mexican restaurant up the road here and uh, find out if you can really OD on chips and salsa or not. I'm going to see if I can get a barber to meet me at the steak restaurant and just pig uh, out on steak while I get my hair cut. Uh, yeah, I've seen the videos. Uh, I've had a lot of friends from, from LA who drove up and, and did videos also of, of Las Vegas. And same thing here, uh, Disney, uh, Universal, SeaWorld, International Drive, areas that are normally just slammed with people are, are ghost town. You can, you can walk up and down the street and it might be four or five minutes before you see a car go by. And typically it's a, a sheriff's deputy or a police officer or a work truck or something like that. Um, people are staying in and that's a good thing. Uh, and do you realize we are day 30 on this, this national quarantine? We are day 30 on this. We have been inside now for a month. I have been without a haircut for over a month now and without a steak for a month because we did a steak the day before this all this all wrapped up. It's it's crazy though that we're in here for, for 30 days and I mean we're seeing all kinds of crazy statistics. Alcohol sales are way up and they're also saying that uh, domestic violence is up and those are those are not good things. Uh, people absolutely need to learn to deal with these things better you know. And that kind of leads me to a topic. I'm not sure if we're going to have enough time, but we need to get to it on a, on a different a different podcast. It's it's money, and the we difference can get between money in today too, man. So what's that? So we can do money today as well. Money's one of those topics we can always talk but, about. But do we have time today on this this, this podcast? Because we've got uh, what less than ten minutes or so. Yeah, we've got fourteen minutes, thirteen minutes. So let's do it on the next podcast. But but my point is, and, and I've been making this point on my, on my Instagram videos as well, money on both sides. A lot of people don't realize you know, that money, people put hurdles up in front of themselves. And I hear all the time, oh, well, money is the, the root of evil. 
and uh, money Just can't buy you love, and money doesn't buy, which is actually incorrect. It's it's the love of money is, is the root yeah, yeah. of all evil, you know. Yeah. Um, but they're hurdles that people put up. They're mental blocks that people put up. And you don't look like you're doing too bad because you've got some savings. You know, this isn't killing you. This isn't killing me. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out at a beach, you know, and I'm hanging out here because we got kicked out of the resort that we were in. We were in a resort in Orlando and they closed down the resort. So I'm like, okay, well, we've got a beach house about an hour away. Let's go ahead and do that. My point is, if you've got money and, and you don't start this way, you don't graduate college and you've got a pocket full of money and you're able to, to weather the storm. You have to go and you have to prepare yourself. You have to save money. You have to invest. You have to do things. And we'll cover that in a different podcast. But money is an important factor. You don't have to love money. You don't have to be unethical to, to get it. You don't have to do things the wrong way or hurt other people to get it. Once you're open to it, and once you understand the mysteries and the nuances of it, it really is not that difficult. And Bill can probably attest to this as well. You get to a point where when you first start out, you're like, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that because you haven't had that amount of money. But at some point you say, you know what? I've got plenty of money to keep investing. I've got plenty of money. I'd rather put this money into investing and grow it and go out and buy another this or another that, another toy, another boat, another whatever. People ask me all the time why I don't have a plane. To me, a plane is a waste of money. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hole in a runway that you put money into. Money is important and don't have a block about it. And I, I want to do a whole show on it. Maybe our next show can do that. But we're on a roll now. Um, it's just real estate, you said earlier, that real estate didn't shut down. More important, real estate isn't going anywhere. You know, yeah. when you when we are done with this, real estate's still going to be here. Whatever next thing we go through, a recession, even a depression, you know, we're still going to have real estate. You you mentioned a story uh, a couple of shows ago, how your grandmother during the depression bought six shotgun duplexes. You know, and that carried her through the rest of her life. That was during the Great Depression. You know, the greatest financial, you know, event of our our, our national history. You know, and your grandma was still able to buy six duplexes, and was still able to make it a a income producing, you know, event for the rest of her life. And she purchased those during the depression. So good times or bad. Real estate's going to be here, and you're going to have those those highs, and you're going to have those lows. <clears throat> but if you do it the right way, it's not going to matter. You ride those highs and those lows out, and you make them work for you. Honestly, I don't care whether it's going to be a, a recession or not, because I've got strategies that work in a recession. I don't care if it's going to be you know a buyer's market or a seller's market, because I can buy or I can sell. It just does not matter, because as an investor, you understand that it's not going to hurt you. That's the crucial thing about understanding the realm of investing, not just one particular uh, piece of investing. If you understand the market, you're always in a position to be able to make market. And as you and I know, um, not that I would ever wish a, a slowdown on anything, but we have, uh, we, we typically make more money in a down market than we do in an up market. Uh, and that's one thing that, that, a lot of people who do not get any education 
don't understand. And so there's a lot of people out there that call themselves investors that have put no time and effort into education. And what happens, they jump in the market when the market is going crazy wild up. And then when the market starts to turn, they get out of the market completely because they don't have any concept of how do I make money in a down market. And if this market turns down now, we're still going to be able to make significant money. In fact, make better money than, than we typically do in an up market. And I've been saying for over a year now, about a year and a half, that I thought once we got past the election, we got into about the second quarter of 2021, that we'd start to see a downturn in the market. Because there's some underlying signals that are letting us know that that's happening. Now, that was long before uh, this popped up. Yeah, so we'll see as, as we come out of this what the market does. Uh, that may accelerate um, the downturn in the market. We're due a correction. That's the thing that the other that people uh, that aren't educated in the cycle of real estate uh, get freaked out about. Oh my gosh, the prices of real estate are dropping and they freak out. And it's just a cycle. You and I understand that. Yeah, we've both been in this thing for a long time. By the way, my grandmother owned those houses for over 50 years. Yeah, so, um, but we've been in this thing for a long time and you understand that it's a cycle. Every business, it doesn't matter what the business is, every business has a cycle. Uh, and you see that it peaks, cools off, uh, corrects itself, kind of catches its breath, uh, and then starts going back up again. And we'll go through some uh, more detailed numbers on what that might look like for the market, but it's gonna happen. But if you understand the market and you understand how to adjust your business, you don't have to freak out. In fact, you look at it and you can still feel secure and act and go out and continue to move your business because you understand there's a different way to approach it. That's all it is, it just change the business. It's just a different strategy, absolutely. It's still real estate, you're just doing a different strategy. So think of it as a restaurant. If everybody wants tacos, you sell tacos. If nobody wants tacos anymore and they want burgers and fries, you start selling burgers and fries. You have tacos available in case anybody wants them, but you focus more on burgers and fries. When that trend changes again and people start wanting tacos again, you start giving them tacos. It's still real estate. It's just understanding what, what demand you have in that particular market at the time. So we will continue uh, to do this. And uh, thanks for uh, being on here, brother. Good seeing you as always. Enjoy the uh, seeing your view back there. Thank you. I think I'm going to do this next time out here because it's uh, pretty nice and it's really weird because when we first started, we had a breeze and now it's like perfectly, perfectly still. So fortunately, there's no hurricane coming. So I know I'm not in the eye of the storm, but uh, it is perfectly still. So it's a little strange, but I will well, see you next time. Absolutely. Right. And everybody, it's on. If you would uh, like and share and uh, let your friends know and uh, We'll look forward to uh, having you guys back on with us. We'll be back on next Monday and uh, keep a lookout for emails and Facebook posts as to what we're doing and when we're doing it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks, brother. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. I'll get up.
Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills host the Investor Guys podcast and share their real estate investing insights, strategies, and knowledge for audiences across America. Did you know that the Investor Guys, Bill and Kevin, have comprehensive investor education trainings and events available? Live and virtual workshops, training programs, events, and more. Bill and Kevin even have hands-on training events, consultations, and quick start programs, including the acclaimed real estate buyers events all designed to get investors started and in putting performing properties into their real estate portfolios. Bill and Kevin have each been successfully investing in real estate and educating real estate investors for decades and bring that experience to everything they do. Bill and Kevin both have unique approaches to investing and investor training, and thousands of investors attribute their investing success to the trainings they have received from Bill and Kevin. If you are ready to get started as a real estate investor, the timing has never been better. Every day you wait to get started is a day forever lost. To check out how the Investor Guys are ready to get you started, visit InvestorGuys.com. That's www.InvestorGuys.com.